Earlier today at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we did an insane radiodeals.com fast take, which was, uh, you know, by and large, you know, an amateur psychologist look at motivation and trying to figure it out in the bowl games featuring the four Virginia schools, JMU, ODU, Liberty, and Virginia Tech in lieu of the news that uh, top two defensive backs for Virginia Tech, Dorian Strong and Monsoor Delane, both announcing within the last 24 hours they will be back in Blacksburg, a lot of players returning for Virginia Tech. Um, I'm not naive enough to not think there's a business decision element to that, and uh, you know that contributes to it. But you've got that level of buy-in versus a two-lane team with a lot of uh, coaching and player turnover, and that's one of the angles where you sit there and go, okay, uh, yes, the book is adjusted to a certain extent of players coming and players going, uh, and there's also this thing called live betting where you can really get a better idea of the motivation of teams in bowl season, but it's part of the process of figuring out what might happen, whether it's uh, just wondering what's going to happen in the game, maybe you're in a bowl pool, maybe you're making picks for the game itself. So somebody who is skilled in that art, among many others, is part of the handicapping process, Paul Stone. 56% against the spread is monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. If you're wondering how that works over a long period of time, that is enough to be doing very, very well. And he's won a couple of college football handicapping contests in his day as well. Paul Stone, he's with us in the fast lane. Paul, a pleasure to speak with you. I hope you and yours are well and the holiday season is treating you as such. And bowl season also, how much of your role right now is playing amateur psychologist? Oh, I tell you, Ed, first of all, great to be on with you, but it is a huge part of the bowl handicap. You know, I like to say, first of all, during the regular season, a person like me, it's all about the number. It's all about using your power ratings and trying to get the best of the number. But when you get to the bowl season, it's all about the information. And so much of that information is, one, about who's in and who's out. Uh, You were just mentioning about the Virginia Tech players. Who's going to play in the game? who's going to opt out or who's in the portal and not going to play. So that's a huge component. And then the uh, the motivation angle that you mentioned as well. Who wants to be there? Uh, whose season maybe didn't quite meet expectations and they would perhaps rather be somewhere else. So the motivational, the psychological uh, part of the handicap is quite significant during bowl season. It is. It's one of the angles that goes into it. And, and you put that as a big point of emphasis uh, among the many when it comes to things with PaulStoneSports.org. You reference another point, though, and that is in the regular season, a lot of it's getting the best of the number. How much in the postseason is it anticipatory? How much of it is following you know, beat writers who cover teams and, and get an idea of what players might be thinking? And how much of it is being willing to say, hey, maybe I didn't get the best of the number, but maybe this number is still a good number because I have more information now? Exactly. I think the latter point you made is critical. You know, I'll, during the regular season, I will rarely take the worst of the number unless there's a new piece of information that's quite significant. But during the bowl season, it's just different because the information that you receive uh, can be either individually or collectively just very impactful on the handicap. And you're talking about anticipatory. Uh, on Monday, I think it was of this week, I played West Virginia minus three over North Carolina. I just kind of come to the 
feeling, the belief that even though the bowl game being played in Drake May's hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina, that he was going to opt out. You know, he's going to be one of the very top picks. He's not going to play. I think the next day he did indeed opt out of the bowl game and the line shot up. So you do try to get ahead of the curve. But information is the key, and sometimes you uh, take a number. I mean, Missouri right now, I think they're favored by two. They opened uh, the Sunday the bowl games were announced, I think, as like a six-point underdog. And people are still betting Missouri over Ohio State based on the number of players expected to be out for the Buckeyes. So just a different, uh, totally different handicapping hat, if you will, that we wear during the bowl season. What about another angle? And we, we discussed this with Ryan Leaf, who's the former Washington State quarterback. He's now an analyst. Uh, college and pro football for Westwood One, and he was with us Wednesday. That interview's up. Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where podcasts are listening. And of course, we ask you to follow our guy, Paul Stone, who's with us now, and subscribe to his podcast. There's a lot of great nuggets in about 30 minutes or less for all of Paul's podcasts. But Ryan brought up the point that even with Bo Nix saying he's going to play for Oregon, you know, he's not, Ryan Leaf was not totally sold that that's actually going to be the case, that sometimes you may get late declarations that a guy's going to be out, or you know, we've seen it before, the phantom injury where a guy pops out. Is your head on a swivel waiting for that type of stuff to pop up? It is. That's one of the things I bring out. Now, I do think, I have no doubt that Bo Nix is going to play, but I agree with with Ryan Leaf in that a lot of guys will say they're going to play early on. That's their intention. But as they get closer, and sometimes I think it's just their agent and more people in their ear saying you don't need to play, some of those players indeed do not play. So we're going to find out some of this late information maybe two days before a bowl game, in some cases two hours before a bowl game kick kicks off, and in some cases it's handicappers, unfortunately. We won't know until the game actually starts, and they're either in street clothes or nowhere to be found. Paul Stone Sports, Twitter, a dot .org for Paul Stone Sports, paulstonesports.org. To sign up for member-only access, including uh, a very good historically proven against the spread record as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, Paul, bowl games are taking place this weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this in our votes of confidence. I like New Mexico State. Uh, the fiery angle of Diego Pavia. I've seen him three times now as New Mexico State. They've played Liberty. I will throw out the game at the end of last year when Hugh Freeze was basically out the door to Auburn. But this year, twice, he's looked very impressive. And clearly the team rallies around his spirit and that of head coach Jerry Kill. Uh, meanwhile, Fresno State. Jeff Tedford's status is in doubt. Um, I took New Mexico State, but you have some reasons in there as well why you like the Aggies in this matchup. Would you care to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, you hit on a lot of my points. First of all, uh, their quarterback, Diego Pavia, he's just the heartbeat of that team. He is a warrior. Uh, I think he was kind of banged up at the end of the year. Uh, the extra time will allow him to get healthy. And the fact that New Mexico State, the, the prior to Jerry Kill showing up before the twenty. 22 season. I think it was the previous 18 or 19 season seasons, almost 20 years. They had only averaged 2.7 wins per year. So they have been, you know, one of the the absolute doormats in all of college football for the previous two decades. And Jerry Kill has just resurrected that program. They are hungry. Fresno State of the Mountain West, you know, last year I think they won 10 games. This year only eight in the regular season. They're not going to be as excited about playing New Mexico State as New Mexico State is about playing Fresno. I just think a lot of the fact you mentioned too, Jeff Tedford, the coach for uh, Fresno, going to miss the game due to health reasons, so he won't be on the sidelines. So uh, I like the Aggies as well, minus three and a half. 
Paul, you may have convictions, you may not in a couple of other games, but would love to get some of your takes on the Virginia teams and where they are in bowl games. You know, the harder one for me to handicap was Old Dominion because uh, it's their first bowl game in a couple of years and they finished strong to become bowl eligible. Meanwhile, you know, Western Kentucky, disappointing, but if Malachi Corley, the wide receiver, says he's going to play, and this is getting pretty close in just a couple of days for that game, uh, that that's the case. Of course, everyone's disappointed it's in Charlotte, not the Bahamas, uh, as we have to bemoan that point here in the fast lane but that matchup do you have a conviction one way or another on flow of the game or how that might transpire you know not a whole lot i mean the fact that six and six old dominion though is favored over seven and five western kentucky tells you a little bit of you know something there Uh, old dominion going to be without uh, safety terry jones who's in the portal their linebacker jason henderson not going to play due to injury western kentucky though reading the bowling green news they've got approximately 20 players in the portal including three starting linemen, Malachi Corley, the receiver. He insists he's going to play. If their quarterback, Austin Reed, who I thought was a possibility to opt out, if he's going to opt out, like you said, he's got to do it soon. So uh, I kind of lead, lean towards the Monarchs here, but no no huge uh, play either way in that particular game. JMU against Air Force. It's another one of those spots where you've got a coaching staff that's kind of out the door with Kurt Signetigat, JMU. Players have said they're transferring but playing Does that make it tougher? Does that tend to lead you to fade a team, especially with Air Force being as physical as they are and not one that teams like to defend with that cut-blocking style? Yeah, I mean, you hit a lot of my points on the head. I mean, the fact James Madison's just had such a wild ride this year. They start the season with 10 straight victories, climb into the AP's top 20. College game day comes to Harrisonburg. They do lose on that day to uh, Appalachian State in overtime, but just a magical season. But in the four weeks since that Appalachian State loss, so much has happened. As you mentioned, Kirk uh, Signetti leaves Harrisonburg to take the Indiana head coaching job, takes much of the Dukes coaching staff with him to Bloomington. Uh, As you also know, JMU has had to hire five temporary coaches to even get through the bowl game. Air Force loses their last four regular season games to finish eight and four in the regular season. But their speedy quarterback, Zach Larrier, He's practicing this week. He missed the last three games of the regular season, expected to be back for the bowl. It's tough defending that option, especially with you know temporary coaches. So I like Air Force plus the small points uh, over the Dukes in that game. couple more as we round things out with PaulStoneSports.org, founder and head honcho Paul Stone, who's with us here in the fast lane. Military Bowl, 12 o'clock, uh, Wednesday, December 27th on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network Tech. That number has gotten steamed up against the Tulane team whose coaching staff, head coach has already gone to Houston. Some of the assistants are either going or not going to be part of the new Tulane plans with John Summerall and their top wide receivers in the portal. Meanwhile, a lot of guys back for Virginia Tech. Do you sit there and go, it may be the worst of the number, or do we take that principle we discussed earlier, Paul, of new information and maybe it reaffirms the thought that Virginia Tech, even at a bigger number, might be worth consideration? Yeah, I like Virginia Tech here. As you mentioned, I mean, it is eight-point spread at this point, so pretty rich to take the Hokies. But, you know, Willie Fritz, as you mentioned, he's off from the University of Houston. Um, Programs in a state of flux. At least five coaches left with Fritz. They're not going to coach the bowl game. This bowl game not being played till December 27th. A lot of people talking about Michael Pratt, Tulane's talented quarterback possibly going in the portal. So there's still time for that to perhaps happen. In Virginia Tech, I mean, I just think this team 
uh, is a little hungrier. They had to win four of their final six to reach bowl eligibility. This time last year, Tulane was preparing to play Southern Cal in a New Year's Six Bowl game. I just like a lot of the uh, angles that favor Virginia Tech, so I still like the Hokies. I think they win by double digits over the Green Wave. And the last local game before a quick look at the college football playoff with Paul Stone and W226BG Timberlake, WVGMA in Lynchburg, WMNA Gretna, Danville Southside, and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network, and that is Liberty against Oregon. On paper, Oregon's got a much better roster and they're more developed than Liberty right now, but there is that motivation angle. Is this a hold until you know more information, or do you have a conviction? Well, you know, I could only take, I think the line right now, 17 and a half at a lot of stores with a total of 65 and a half. Oregon's already had at least three players opt out to prepare for the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, most notably, their center and Remington Award winner, Jackson Powers Johnson, their 1,000-yard rusher, Bucky Irving. As we mentioned earlier, Bo Nix has expressed his intentions to play against the Flames. I think he will play. But Oregon, they were on the cusp of of making the four-team playoff. If they beat Washington, they likely would have been in. And now they're playing Liberty. So I think Liberty just has – they're going to be the more energized team, uh, the more focused team. I mean, this will be a program-developing victory. 17 points, a lot of points. So I like the side – a little bit, but what I really like here is the total. I think Liberty's going to move the ball on them. I mean, Caden Salter, the dual-threat quarterback for Liberty, he was just dynamic towards the end of the year. You look at Liberty's defense, which is a little bit of a question mark. In the conference championship game that they lost to New Mexico State, they give up 499 yards, 28 first downs, 35 points to New Mexico State. The Aggies average almost eight yards a play, so you have to ask yourself, what is Oregon going to do in that game to that Liberty defense, to be blunt about it? And I think they're going to put up some big numbers, but I think Liberty's going to score two. I think 65 and a half is too low. I think it's going to go over the total of 65 and a half, and that is my primary position in that particular matchup. Paul, we appreciate your insight, and we'll wrap it up with this. The college football playoff features a team you know very well, the Texas Longhorns against Washington. That is after Alabama against Michigan on New Year's Day. How do you see those games unfolding and playing? uh, who will be playing for the national championship? Well, first of all, looking at the Washington-Texas matchup in New Orleans uh, during the Sugar Bowl, you know, Texas doesn't have any glaring weaknesses, but their vulnerability, Ed, is in the back of their defense. In the secondary, that's obviously Washington's strength with their quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., and those three record-setting receivers led by Rome Adunze. So I think Texas is going to have a little bit of trouble slowing down that Washington uh, offense. Texas also going to be without freshman safety Derek Williams going to miss the first half only due to targeting an Oklahoma State game. So I like Washington plus four over Texas. And then the Michigan-Alabama game, not as strong of a conviction, but uh, Michigan still favored by one. The SEC versus the Big Ten, Nick Saban even getting just one point. I've got to take the tide. They've been on a uh, – upward uh, trend the whole season think back where they were when they lost to texas in week two struggled to win at south florida in week three to where they are today it's been tremendous growth jalen milrow part of that growth i'll take the tide plus the point over michigan paul thank you for your time we hope you have a wonderful rest of your christmas and holiday season and we look forward to chatting again in the new year in the meantime we will keep it locked 
to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast and Paul Stone Sports on Twitter and paulstonesports.org, where we encourage our members to uh, to look at signing up. Appreciate you having me on, Ed. Everybody have a great weekend of college football. Indeed. Paul Stone with us here in the Fast Lane, as we always enjoy chatting with him. That does it for us today and this week. More bowl game discussions next week in the Fast Lane. Keep it locked to Fast Lane, Ed Lane, and Trey Lyle VT on the socials over the weekend. And we're back Monday afternoon, 5 to 6.